0: Hi, folks. Your warning for this week is that it is the first of two Dino episodes. Woo! So there will be swearing. There will be all kinds of references and things. Just roll with it and be aware that it's a Dino episode. For those of you who are new, you're in for a ride because it's always fun. Uh, Our second warning is that we have pets sergey has been cuddly and now not cuddly and demanding and not demanding uh he's one of the four cats in this house and there is a dog and all the chickens are asleep our final warning is that we swear we do frequently at the cats one in particular who is not here and not taking advantage of his new bed uh, so, hi folks, welcome to Productivity Alchemy episode 282, the last episode of 2022, to be followed by the first episode of 2023. Uh, this is a Dino two-parter minimum. It's like a two-drink minimum, I guess. Yeah. Is the, We should always do two episodes with Dino instead of trying to do one long one, as we found out this summer. Uh, I will also be taking at least a week off after MAGFest so there will not be a letter show in January. It's just too much. And I've been looking at the schedule and thinking, maybe I should take, maybe I don't need to pre-plan and have an episode ready for the time we're on vacation in February. That just seems excessive. So we'll uh, we'll keep you updated as we know what's going on. But I have, uh, I went through and cleaned up my board of upcoming episodes. There's a whole lot of kind of empty space and all sorts of things, so i got to think about that and start sending out invitations for interviews and, and all that good stuff. Um, I'm talking to Tierlin tomorrow, so there's uh, something that... Uh, Tierlin will be back in January. Uh, that's always fun. And uh, other than that, I hope everyone who celebrates had a good holiday. I hope everyone who doesn't celebrate had at least a day off work. And for anyone who didn't get any of that, uh, I hope you get some time off soon. Uh, yeah, that's that's about it. I mean, really, we didn't do much. We visited with my family. I replaced a very large bookcase that or a desk that was crowded and full of things in my office with a new piece of bookshelves including a spot in it for a cat bed. Let me just tell you, the IKEA Kalax family of things is amazing and the one of the the Lervig pet house thingies is made you know, is the right dimensions to just fit in here. Uh, I did have to Velcro it down because I saw I saw Shaw trying to get into it and Shaw can't jump straight into it so he was kind of hanging there and it was trying to slide off and he was sort of scrambling to get his balance to get in and I'm like, maybe maybe I should anchor this. What, what do you think?
1: I think that uh, I'm Currently rejiggering my meds and <laughs> can't focus on jack or
0: shit. Oh well, then yeah. Um, then I guess we will save talking about the uh, the book that you kickstarted, the Anti Planner, for uh, for a later time.
1: Uh, you can talk about it now if you want. I don't know anything about it. I think I saw it like two years ago and it was right. like. Yeah, I'll get Kevin one of these, and then there was a Kickstarter, and then it was delayed, and then finally it arrived, and so, now I've forgotten everything.
0: So it's a workbook actually. It's a it's, it's literally not a planner. It is a workbook to help people with ADHD or other things get a hold of their life, uh, face some of the things that block them or that um, you know, are, are causes of their stress and gives you strategies to address them. It has five... Cool. Yeah, no, I mean, it's really cool. It's got these great illustrations. It's got five sections for uh, uh, being stuck, overwhelmed, unmotivated, disorganized, or discouraged, and then a section of extras. Um, it's by Danny Donovan. I will link it in the show notes, but it is... Literally, this is not a planner. I mean, it's it means it. It's an anti-planner, but... It has, and it immediately says, fill these things out in pencil so that you can erase it and come back again later. And I think that's fantastic, uh, because here we are at the cusp of a new year, and the Planner Industrial Com- planner industrial Complex will be ramping up. Uh, has been ramping up, but, uh, you know, is, is all up in everybody's faces about a new planner, and replace last year's, even if you didn't finish it, and all this stuff. Um And all I like to do like the last week of the year or into January is sort of review what happened and figure out what I want to do next instead of the big, it's January 1 and I will use this as my launching point because that's absolutely not the launching point. Everyone, I believe we're we're all pretty aware that, you know, your New Year's resolution to keep that journal or to lose that, those five pounds or whatever, uh, the expectation is you won't make it. And so it's sort of running joke at this point.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Um, Hound, you are so up in my grill, yeah. sweetie. But uh, I tell you what, um, I'm a little tired and you are a little vague as your brain meds rebalance and rejigger and the dog is needy.
1: I'm so glad I took the time off to have six days. I wrote a thousand words today because I felt guilty. Well, but- yeah. Is today Tuesday?
0: Today is Tuesday. Cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but I didn't have to.
0: Yeah, tomorrow's the big day in terms of your rejiggering. Tomorrow is the day you are done with the old medicine and you're only on the new medicine.
1: Oh boy. We'll see if I can function.
0: Yeah. Although
1: I'm starting to think a lot of my, or not a lot of, but a separate chunk of my problem is eye strain but I keep assuming it's in my head because I've had perfect vision my entire life. So why would things ever be blurry unless there was something wrong with my brain meds?
0: Um, I have some bad news for you. Yes. It's that
1: I'm 45 and I think I may need glasses. Yeah. But I, uh, uh...
0: Do, do there's, there's a pair of reading glasses in a glasses case in the bathroom. That you could try. I
1: will try these.
0: They may be too strong.
1: That's possible.
0: But uh, because they were gauged for my eyes with contacts in, so
1: I can try them and see what happens. Yes, you can try. The worst that happens is I'll go gah.
0: Or you'll be like, "Wow, I can see everything clearly. Maybe too clearly." And now I'm getting a headache because it's eye straining the other direction yes yes
1: but that would at least be a new kind of strain
0: there you go um so yeah uh part of the new year i guess we need to get you an eye doctor appointment good lord i know
1: i haven't had one of those since 2006
0: uh you had one since then you had one here at the, the in Pittsburgh since you moved in
1: no i did not not one
0: I thought you had at least one.
1: No, uh, Liz went to that optometrist. I did not. I've, I've been to one optometrist in my life.
0: Okay. Yeah, we need to fix that. We, we do. Yeah. So so anyway, we talked to Dino. Yes. A couple weeks ago. Um, we and had a great time. Had a great time. The first part of this is going to be 2022 in review. And then next week, we will have uh, not just strategies for cleaning up after all of the holidays and things, but uh, looking forward a little bit to uh, 2023. So we will have that the first part of that for you right after this. Woo. Hi folks I'm back so's Dino woo um yeah no i I, I would do a, a the um yeah actually Dino uh so that people don't have to go back mm-hmm. and listen to all the introductions or or go back you know to figure out. Who this person is. Um, give us a quick synopsis of you know, a quick introduction before we get into the rest of it.
2: Okay, uh <laughs> my name is Dino Sarma. Um I work uh for an importer of rice from India and Thailand. Um I am dating a wonderful man uh who writes you know, games and things like that. We now live together in our new apartment. And um, I'm a cookbook author. Um, I love cooking. And in general, we have had several conversations about organizing various things. And uh, oh yeah, we are going to do that again today.
0: <laughs> there you go. Yes, yes. But I want to start this one off because we've because last time we talked, right? Hmm. You were in a transition period, correct? And you've had more transition, so I want to talk because this is the last episode of 2022. Woo! Woo! It. Yes. So the like literally this is coming out on the 29th. Yeah. So um, so the question that comes up is um let's let's do a year in review. Like okay. how has how has your year been? Um and well, also, I'm getting some echo from your side, which is really weird. Um, okay. Yeah, find those headphones, right?
1: Um,
0: is that still doing it? Yeah, but we'll, we'll get there. Um, it'll edit out. Oh, that's a lovely amp in the background, too. I see, like, a guitar and an acoustic guitar, oh, yeah, and the because, uh, guitar. Office. I'm not in uh, my... Aha, there we go. Let's aha, there you works. go. Yes.
3: There is a cool this is when we find me. out you've
0: plugged into the... Guitar amplifier? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That would not be good um, because that would be that would be exciting. Yeah. Well, so everybody about. gets Let's all the behind the, the scenes this time. You, do. you know, I'm because it. this is you know we're very casual. There, oh, all right, okay, Yeah. All right. There we go. Um, well, those are nice headphones too. Those are probably Again, good studio minor. quality. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. And Nico um, writes music, so like this is his uh, yeah full setup. Hold on, let me increase your volume. There we go. Are we here? So, right. yeah, we're here. We're here. So I want to do a, a sort of a, a 2022 recap, um, highs and lows. Mine's been mostly positive um, with a little bit of a dip in November, um, the very last day of November, which, you know, I've talked about on the show by now. Um, but otherwise, you know, like promotion, like done amazing work for, for you know, for my job. Right. Um, podcast is going strong. Um, you know, Ursula didn't win any awards this year, but she wasn't eligible really. Well, she was eligible for one, but the person we wanted to win it won it, which is the important part. Great. You know, um, the best series in Sean McGuire won the Hugo for best series and we were ecstatic because we really wanted Shauna to get that one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so my year and everybody who's been keeping up with the podcast kind of knows where that's at. Yeah. Um, so Last time we talked, you had gone from, you were, you were in the middle of a move, but how does that? how does that fit into like 2022 as a whole?
2: So at the same time that I was moving houses, um, my coworker whom I had been working with since pretty much I started at this job, my boss's sister um, was going to be moving to California. So at the same time that we were moving houses, I was also moving offices, which meant that um, my boss was like, if you're the only one who's going to be in the office, It doesn't make any logical sense for you to be sitting in that one place. That's going to be a bit of a commute for you. Why don't you find something closer to yourself and then figure out what you want to do? Oh, Um, yeah. I'll get you that office and then we can go from there. So originally I was going to move to another apartment within the same city that I was living in. Um, That one fell through. Spectacularly, because um, it looks Ooh. like what the landlord was doing was basically collecting applications um, and underpricing the apartment uh, so that whoever ends up getting it ends up in a bidding war type of th- situation. What a um, bastard. Because we were well more than qualified for the you know whatever the requirements for Uh um and we were willing to be flexible with the move-in date so i was like if you guys aren't done renovating you still need more time it's fine we can push back we can move forward it doesn't matter because i was on a month-to-month and you know nico has roommates so like he could have somebody could have taken over his lease and it wouldn't have been the end of the world so there was absolutely no reason for us not to move in that we both had plenty of income. We both had plenty of credit score. It was all fine. Um, but then when we spoke to the real estate agent, basically it just was garbage. So then the apartment that we ended up moving into, um, I found on a whim while I was like, you know what, why are we still searching in the same city that we're living in? What if we push the search a little bit further afield um, out to like Newark, which is Ooh, um, a yeah. much Bigger city, more populated, more apartments. And at the time that we were searching, significantly cheaper than what I was paying in Jersey City um, in the neighborhoods that I was looking in. So we found this apartment, which is like two stories and like has a backyard and it's massive, like washer dryer included. Like, So it's more a townhouse. Yeah, it's, it's sort of like... Um, well, there's two apartments above us, so we're the only ones okay. with the two-story because we're the first floor. Um, so, like, the bedrooms are in the basement, which is why it's pretty quiet in here is because, like, okay. um, the the nickname for Newark is Brick City because all the buildings are actually built out of brick, right. um, just as ours is. So, like, it keeps the place fairly warm in the winter or cool in the summer, Um, and it does insulate us pretty well from sound. And because I'm in the basement, you don't hear too much background, thus and such from, you know, street traffic and whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so this, I think this apartment is like 2000 some odd square feet, which is like a significant increase from what I had at 500 in my one bedroom.
0: That's yeah, that's actually close to the same size as my, as like, that's part that's Like my house is 2,500 finished. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so it's a, it's a big, big honking
2: apartment, which is why I wanted to talk about this cleaning thing today is because it's like the systems and habits of cleaning a one bedroom or a studio where I can vacuum twice a day and scrub down all the surfaces, you know, every other day is not humanly possible when you have something that's like five times the size. Um, and there's a backyard and there's like, you know, like a little balcony and like right off the kitchen where like if I want to go have a cigarette, I don't have to like go outstairs and all this other bullshit. So it's a first floor apartment, which I always prefer anyway. I don't like oh yeah stairsing. Um so that when I get deliveries and shit, I don't have to like go crawling up and down the stairs at ass o'clock in the morning. So um and the office that I found, um, it looks like the neighborhood that I moved us into, we accidentally got the, like, gayborhood of Newark. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Everything around here is queer as fuck, which is great. Um, and so the office space that I looked at, it's like a shared office space where, like, you can have a private yeah. office, but then the, like the um, owners of the office actually take care of like your coffee and your tea and the snacks Mm -hmm. and the the internet and the electric. And, you know, they maintain everything. You just show up with your computer and three computer screens, which is what I did. Um, And so when I said like, Hey, I need um, a hardwired connection because a lot of the files that I get from overseas are like 20 and 30 megabytes. And I can't sit here waiting for Outlook to load because wi-fi is taking 10 years we're not playing this game um it took them about a few days like four or five days or so to like just to push the plug through because they already had the wi-fi jacks in the office but they have to call the person to plug the one into the other and whatever fine um but turns out that when i was touring it um all the bathrooms are gender neutral and like the um gender marker that they have for the bathrooms is a unicorn
0: (laughs) Oh my god you have yeah you you have hit like gangbusters there and i right? was like All right. So this is gay friendly and I
2: know what's going on already. Like I can already spot this shit like from a mile away. Um, Sure as hell, the community manager uses they, them pronouns. Like uh, the owners are both gay. Like it's, it's, it's a very, very gay space. And like all the walls are decorated with like local, uh, with like a local um, Latino art collective that is like from Newark, born and raised and like does, you know, street art. So like they have all the walls painted up with like this beautiful, beautiful art. And it's and it's like, it's a really unique space. And it's a four block walk from my apartment. So bonus, can't complain. So like, you know, you always have those moments where you're like, okay, so I didn't get that thing that I originally thought that I wanted. And I ended up getting something better than I could have imagined. Because all the appliances here are brand new, um, you know, the French mm. door fridge and the dishwasher and like the washer dryer, like it's all brand new appliances. Everything is very well maintained. The landlord is an absolute sweetheart. Like he he will come and fix things um, whenever we need them done. Uh, very, very sweet man. Like when we when we put in the application, the, the real estate agent was like, I think it would be a good idea if you wrote the landlord like a short paragraph describing yourself so that he can just get to know you a little bit. Uh Um, So we both basically mentioned like, yes, we're in love with each other. This is why we're moving in together. This is why we need a bigger space than what we currently have. And he was like, Yahtzee, great. This is exactly what I want. You know, I want a happy couple to move in so that, you know, they love the home and they keep it maintained. And so it's, it's, It worked out. Um, I love the office. I love the home. It took such a fucking long time to do, though, because, like, you're moving from a smaller space to a bigger space, which also means that your storage solutions all of a sudden change. Um, In the old spaces that I was in, everything was all built in storage because there was no space. And so they were like, all right, we need to make sure that you have enough space to put your shit in this new space. It's just big open space. So like you are more than welcome to have, you know, cabinets or, you know, armoires or bookshelves or whatever else you need to store your shit. But the landlord is not there to tell you how to make that magic happen. That's on you. So time to go to Ikea. <laughs> I, so like we, we did. Um, and so like we have, you know, I already had wire shelving from my old place, which I brought over here. Um, and it was just like, we're merging two households together, which is enough of a challenge. Oh yeah. Um, but then we're also like purging and we're also taking like almost a month to move all our shit because we can't afford movers. And so it's all happening in dribs and drabs. And so like, and also we're both working full time. So, you know, by the time you get home and you're exhausted and you have to, you know, have enough energy to eat some dinner and, you know, maybe pass out, you know, after playing a couple of video games because you're tired unpacking is not your number one priority even though it was driving me absolute batshit having like boxes everywhere i i hate that feeling of like confined space and like clutter shit in front of everything i just i can't function so um it took almost like a month and a half to finish the move-in process which which is way longer than i've ever taken on a move um yeah yeah. usually it takes me about a week week and a half to finish everything get it all unpacked, put it away, do the thing but like when you have so much shit to move oh, and the other issue is, is like because I'm so used to my storage being built in there was not enough space to put our clothing because the closets are what the closets are you can only hang so much you still need to fold yep. up your pants and your underwear and your socks and other shit like that in my old apartment i had shelving built into the closet so i could just put them into bins and shove them in there i didn't need a chest of drawers or nothing so like with this new place there is no built-in we either have to put it in ourselves or buy a solution for it so we had to get you know chest of drawers and places to put these things and so that's another fucking goddamn process because like i live i want to say in walking distance of like six furniture stores and they all have furniture My issue with them is that they don't have what I'm looking for, if that makes
0: sense. yeah.
2: I like either real wood, like if it's going to be this big, bulky, insane furniture, I want it to be like real solid wood. I don't want this MDF that's been spray painted to look like it and then carved out to look like it's that antiquey furniture. It looks like ass and like, why am I spending two three four thousand dollars on a chest of drawers when it's not even real wood this is insane i'd rather buy it used um but the issue is that because of covid a lot of the thrift stores in new jersey shut down so we Mm -hmm. don't have secondhand stores to go to anymore like we used to like there's one big one in um uh, like union new jersey but they don't really sell furniture to the extent like some of the when I was in Florida, you could literally go into a, furn- into a thrift store that sold furniture and like outfit your entire house from it.
0: Um, oh
2: yeah. Yeah. For less than a hundred, two hundred $200. And we're talking side tables, coffee tables, couches, you know, bed frames, oh, maybe not the mattress and the box frame. No, 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 no. Never uh, buy a used mattress. Never. No, <laughs> but at least like the frame, like the bare bones of an apartment, you could outfit your house for a couple of hundred dollars and then, yep. you know, you're, you're good to go. I don't mind spending the money if it's good quality stuff. Like if it's actual vintage furniture, that's that solid, solid wood. And you know what I'm talking about? That oh, I know exactly wood. what
0: you're talking about. Yeah.
2: It's not like this thin veneer of bullshit on top. We're talking like the real wood where it weighs 30 tons because it's real wood. I'll pay, you know, the seven, eight, $900 for it because I know this is going to last second coming of fucking Christ. Like we're not going anywhere. <laughs> right. Um, Whereas like, you know, with this shitty MDF crap or like this particle board, like it's not even fucking MDF. It's like laminated, you know, plywood or something. And they have the fucking nerve to charge me a thousand bucks for it. You can jump off a bridge. I don't have patience for that shit. So I was like, at this point, I'll pay 60 bucks on something in Amazon and just call it a night because and if I hate it, I'll return it. But if I don't, it'll do the job for what it needs to do. And then we can get something nicer later when I have more time and patience to look for it. So, and then like when the cold weather starts, you need to hang your coat somewhere. There was literally nothing next to the front door to hang your shit. And um, we'll talk about the cleaning thing. Everything should have a space to go in. So like when you come into the apartment, your keys should not just be floating on whatever random surface that you have. I hate that catch all bullshit. I want somewhere for that key to go. So that, you hang it there every time because this is how I set up my old apartment. It's like I had the key hooks right next to the front door so that I can hang up my keys when I come in the house. And then when I'm leaving the house, yep. the keys are right there staring at me in the face. So I pick them up and take them with me on my way out the door. This apartment, we, um, as soon as we moved in, we installed one of those keyless lock doot doot thingies. Oh, okay. Uh, where you put the code in and, or you can set it with your phone. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, <laughs> I don't need to take my keys with me except to open the office. But like, if I'm just running down to the store or something like that, fuck it. Like I'll just, the door locks itself in 30 seconds or I can push a button and it'll do it itself. And then I can let myself in with the code. So I don't fucking need my keys. They just stay in my backpack. But my, my boyfriend, he has a car and like, you need to remember your car keys and they can't use them. They're random because those car keys are fucking expensive. And the, the little, the clicker, the, how do you call the, um, the one that turns on the alarm and turns off the
0: whatever the um, the, the key fob, yeah, 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 yeah key yeah. fob.
2: Thank you. That thing is like a couple of hundred bucks. They're not a fucking joke. It's so, like you oh, I know, yeah, can. yeah. So, um, there has to be a place for those keys to live. There has to be a place to hang your mask. There has to be a place to put shopping bags because there's a plastic bag ban in all of the state of New Jersey. So none of the stores give you bags to put your shit in. So like you have to take your own bags with you. Great, no problem. But like when you go to the store and you bring your groceries in. You don't remember to take the bags out to the car unless it's sitting right there by your door on the way out the door. You take your bags with you. It gets obnoxious. There's no place to put your shoes. There's no place to hang your coats. So I was like, yep. All this needs to get solved, and it's so we went every furniture store nearby here it's called a hall tree um where it's like a bench with like a built in back end yeah, yeah, yeah. has the coat hooks on it and then it has like a platform up top. I'm gesturing as if your podcast listeners can see
0: what i'm doing <laughs> um, i I'm, I'm like no i'm I'm sitting here thinking, you know we have we have uh, a target small bookshelf like right by mm-hmm. the door, which is where all yeah. that like basically ends up sitting, and then we have code hooks like next to the door but the problem is right right, they're wall mounted and so whatever is closest to the door routinely gets caught in the door and so the door does sometimes sometimes i i we always have to check to make sure that the door is actually closed correct because sergey has figured out that if the door isn't actually closed he can open it and then he does And then he does, and then the dog is on the front porch, and Sergey's in the woods, and hello, Orange Cat, yes. Yes, I see you, Orange Cat, everything's good. Yeah. So, like... Is this what you wanted all this time? You're being an asshole this morning, and you're asleep back there. You just wanted me in here so you could sleep there. Okay, I see how it is, Sergey. I just wanted a spot. And then the Orange Cat is like, I have to rip up your chair now. Um, Yeah, well, I mean, that's just the, the price of, you know, I mean, like... I should get a cover for, for this chair because this yes. chair cost me a pretty penny, but oh, yeah. I know that the, the cat is going, she is going to just do this. Every yes. single chair I own Correct. has claw marks up here. So I just like, accept that it's, this is part of it's, it's, it's cat ownership. It's nothing to be done for it yeah no it's also it's uh it's distressed now it's distressed it's it's, um yeah bespoke distress correct gaming chair with uh Uh. with the specialty (laughs) marks. so yeah
2: yeah, so like i've always had the philosophy that if you don't give someone a place to put things you can't then get mad at them for leaving them lying all over the place right just fairness it's like you can't be like oh why do you leave everything everywhere well you don't give me anywhere to put it so like what the fuck else am I supposed to do so that hall tree was basically like I need a space for the coats and the shoes to live and the bags and the other random crapola so it doesn't end up on my dining table because there are a few things that piss me off more than having crap on the dining table or like crap on the counters that does not need to live there like it's one thing if the tablecloth pretty much lives there. Okay, fine. Whatever. I can launder it. It's easy. Right, right. But like, I don't want random stuff on the dining table like mail or like, you know, circulars or whatever else. Like, read the mail, throw it out, keep it. Do whatever the fuck you need to do with it. Just don't leave it on a goddamn dining table. <laughs> because then when people come over, I don't want to go through this whole process of clearing off the dining table. No, the dining table is clear. It's, it's pristine. I mean, yeah, (laughs) when you come from that place of like things need to have a place, it takes a while for everything to have a place, especially when you come from built in storage. And then now you have to buy all the storage and I can't buy it secondhand because there is no fucking secondhand and I couldn't support the local businesses which irritated the piss out of me because it's like they're all saying like support local businesses shop local and I'm and I'm happy to do so but they don't have what I goddamn want they're like oh I can, we can order it on the catalog for you and I'm like that defeats the bloody purpose of coming to you in the first place because right. I want to preview the stuff on your showroom floor I want to see how nice it is and then decide whether or not I want it I know that you're not going to sell me the showroom floor copy because you know people have been farting on it for like 15 years it's fine right but like it's, you know <laughs> so what I mean? True. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't expect you to sell me what's on the floor. That's that's fine. I don't have an issue with that. But like, don't tell me I don't have anything for you to look at. And then finally, the last place we went to was like, oh, maybe you should check out IKEA. And I was like, Jesus, Mother T.D. Christ! I don't know what even. So then we went
0: to goddamn IKEA and got all this shit. So it's like, all right, thanks. Yeah. No, I at this point IKEA is like our first stop, which is the like if I- Well, yes and no, because I'm looking at it and I'm going, they have so many options and you can just like, okay, so their showroom is a fucking maze. It is. And it is, it is a dangerous maze. Correct. But I will say that, you know, I will sit there with my phone and I will go through and I will try everything and I will find the, and I am uh, depressing as it is, I can find just what I want correct take pictures of the little things go downstairs and then I have a checklist of exactly correct. what I'm picking up off the you know and because we have a pickup truck it's yeah we just go and say load it up here um yes which is which you know, is
2: I will give them like they made it so that um you can order on your phone everything you want and then they'll just bring it to your truck and then you don't have to do nothing else and that's glorious i like that and
0: i i, I will say when we landed in iceland mm. and we're getting off the airplane and the entire thing is like made of birch. Oh, wow. All we, yeah, no, like the benches are birch and they're, you know, these, these fancy shapes and things. And all we think of is, Oh my God. It's like we've walked into a super like IKEA or whatever yeah. because it's all birch and it's, right. you know, and it's, it's beautifully done. And sure. I'm like, you know, leave it to frankly the norwegians the, yeah. the the scandinavians to come right. up with the most efficient with really good quality for what it is for um, what it is and yes yeah
3: absolutely
0: and um, there's a reason they're so popular depressing as it is there's a reason right. they're so popular is because it's the ultimate in convenience and quality for that sure. type of thing and sure. it's it's expensive not gonna lie it-
2: But it's not as expensive as going to a regular furniture store, which was my big gripe was like, I I'll spend the extra money if it is something that is quality, if it's something that I know is going to last for a long, long time, and I probably don't have to replace it, or I can sand it down and refinish it, or I can like rejigger if I want to, you're not going to sand down and refinish an Ikea fucking, you know, bookshelf. it's no. not happening. But that's not what it's
0: meant to be. It's, no. That's not what it is. It's meant yeah, to be. I mean, uh, like this bookshelf is mm-hmm. was is handmade. Um it's gigantic. It weighs three and a half million tons. Yeah. Um you know or or I don't know, maybe it isn't handmade, but it's it's if it's, it's flat pack, it's woodwood, yeah. If it was flat pack and assemble it yourself, it was like pre MDF. Mm-hmm. So I could sand it down and repaint it. And I think it has been because it looks like the person I got it from sanded it down and mm-hmm. repainted it once. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but, uh, and uh, I actually have an antique wardrobe in the attic. Okay. That I got, that I inherited from my grandparents. Mm-hmm. That again, it comes completely apart. It it, it would have been probably shipped flat pack, but it's made entirely of real wood. Right. Because it was flat pack in the '30s, '20s, or '30s before that was even a thing. When yeah, like when Sears Roebuck was the only place. Oh, that did it. Okay, okay, Yeah, kind of thing. Although this is from a a company in somewhere in in either Pennsylvania or Idaho, like mm. wherever my grandparents were living. I mean, it's a beautiful piece, but I was like. Wow, this whole thing just—I don't have to move it at all. I just boop, 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 boop and it just flattens into a single yeah. thing. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it's like, yes, this was this was made at a time when people were moving more. Correct. Correct. And you know that is—I uh, will say that is one of the things about IKEA is unlike your standard MDF, you can take it apart and reassemble it without destroying it
2: because it's meant to be. And yeah yeah the beauty of so speaking of moving um mm-hmm. the move actually if i'm honest went surprisingly smoothly i don't mean the unpacking i mean the getting from point a to point B. yeah it was yeah, yeah pretty pretty smooth because it was like um we didn't end up using a lot of cardboard boxes Um, since we had the full month to move all our shit. So it was like, yes, of course we did use some, but like the vast majority of stuff that we were using were those plastic totes because we would make a run down to Jersey City, pick up all my crap shove it in the back of Nico's tiny ass little Hyundai Veloster, like a small little car. But when you fold down the back seats, like there's plenty of space in there. You can fit like a good six totes in there. So we did. And then drive it back here, unload everything, take the empty totes back, refill them up, back and forth, back and forth. Um, And then my friend uh, Daniel, uh, he's one of the people who came over for Thanksgiving, drove up from fucking Delaware. That's family right there. Like drove up from goddamn Delaware to help us move my furniture, which was the two couches, my bed, uh, the coffee table, and then the side tables, and then my um, vacuum cleaner. That was all the furniture that I owned. Uh, Managed to get the U-Haul loaded, I want to say within like 45 minutes. Managed to get it unloaded within an hour. Um, Oh, yeah. It was quick because there wasn't there wasn't a lot there wasn't a lot of furniture to be honest Um, yeah so then it was just a question of getting it set up putting it down and then also Nico found a not found but like he bought a um, like a seven foot long dining table for like seventy five bucks or something like that from someone who was trying to get rid of it. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Apparently, it was like several thousand dollars when it was bought new, but the lady didn't have space for it anymore. She was, you know, moving or downsizing or some bullshit. Mm-hmm. And he was like, hey, we're moving on this day. Can you hold it for us? Because then I'll have the U-Haul and I'll have a friend who can help me, you know, move it in. Because that was not going to fit in his car. It was not going to no. fit in, um, you know, an SUV. You would need like a flatbed truck to make that happen. And so... We're like, well, we have the U-Haul and we did that smart thing, which I said, which is rent the U-Haul for 24 hours. So that who fucking cares? And it didn't cost us any extra because they were like, yeah, you have it for 24 hours if you want it. So go right ahead. Yeah, I mean, you're, all you're paying for at that point is gas. It's gas so. and mileage, so it was fine. Yeah. So he went out and picked up that uh, big-ass dining table, put it together. Like, it is a massive dining table, so when we had 15 people over at Thanksgiving, we could have us <laughs> sat around it and have dinner. We didn't, but, like, there was space no. enough. No. It's a big table. Um, and that's the other thing that I learned about moving to a bigger space from a smaller space, is that what you used to think is big is not. Is so, not. So, like... That apartment basically swallows up all that furniture, and it looks nice and open and empty, which is what I like. But there's still enough furniture for it to be comfortable to sit in and relax, and that kind yeah. of thing, which is what Nico likes. He doesn't like having such a sparse, minimalist, empty. You're lines. finding
0: that balance. Finding that it's balance. balance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah.
2: If we had gone. Full like what I had wanted to do, which would have been like a small round, like four foot wide dining table that would have been enough for me um, and him. But like if we have game nights or like mm-hmm. D&D or like whatever else, like he's he, he writes games. So like sometimes he's going to want to play test them and yep. if you have a small four foot dining table that's going to fit like two of your buddies and like, you know, a DM screen and then you're fucked like no one else is going to be able to get on there. So with this big honkin' dining table, like everybody can fit on there very comfortably. Um, and, and it's nice and it's, and it's real wood. That's the other, it's real solid wood. So like 75 bucks, oh, yeah. well worth the money at
0: that point, because I wasn't, I wasn't going to be able to find a new one for that
2: price. There's no way.
0: And I just realized one of the advantages of having that much space, although it may also be dangerous, is now you have wall space.
2: I have wall space. And so now. You have wall
0: space, like, whoa. Yeah. Artwork has started going up. Um, and when I make my Christmas
2: list, that's usually up at the top of the list. Please give me artwork, like either something you've drawn or a picture of us together or like a picture from an artist that I like, you know. Yeah. Give me I stuff mean, for my walls because I have frames, I have the hangy stuff. We have the 3M. Um, Oh, God. Yeah, I love those. Because I'm not about to drill into these walls. They're really nice. Um, We got rid of one of the TVs because um, Nico set up a shelf on one of the walls with the projector so that it projects to the other wall. I want to buy a screen for it, but the width of the projector on that wall is 125 inches. Oh, and those screens are so expensive. They're so, so expensive. And so usually if you search 125 inch screen... They mean one hundred and twenty-five diagonally, not horizontally. So, like, yeah, the, all their screens are going to be way too small for me anyway. They're all rinky-dink, stupid things, and they're like six, seven, eight hundred dollars. And I'm like, mm. the mm. wall is nice and clean; it'll do the job. Like,
0: yeah, yeah. If we win and the lottery, I mean, we'll look into it. Or you know, you get. I'm staring at a cheap-ass curtain rod. Yeah, with you know, and then you anchor it down, and you you know put up a. a white sheet and you can then you can take it down and wash it
2: well the 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 wall is perfectly flat it's it's actually
0: very beautifully so like the
2: the landlord actually renovated this entire apartment with his dad like the two of them did it together and wow the choices that they made are very there's no popcorn ceiling all the um joints are like beautifully flush like everything is is like very beautifully finished so like he did a very good job of like putting those finishing polish touches on everything. So like that wall that it's projecting on is perfectly flat. There's no issues. And the projector looks nice and crisp on there. And now I don't have more crap on my floor, which makes me even happier. So <laughs> win, win, yeah. win. Um, so, you know, it's it's been a change. And the other change has been that because my boss hired more people onto the company, instead of um, doing everything myself, which was becoming an impossibility, yeah it was getting to where we were getting so many more containers a month that I wasn't able to keep up with the invoicing of the mm. vendors or of the customers, so neither are the people getting paid on time nor are the people getting billed on time, and that means cash flow is fucked and you know now people mm-hmm. are on your ass where's my money? Where's my money? So like he had to fire he had to hire an accounting person, which is fine, but then meanwhile. I still had too much to do. So like things such as sending releases to the customers and making Mm -hmm. sure that the warehouses know what's supposed to be coming in. And it was just falling by the wayside because it's just too much work for one person. So he hired a second um, logistics person. Then she was overwhelmed because I was like, if she can just take the documentation off my head and just all she has to do is send the documents to the customs broker to file and then file the documents into the shared drive into the OneDrive so that we can all access right. it. That will take off several hours of work that I have to do every day all by itself and 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 it did and it was a huge huge change like it made things so much easier for me and I was like also the payment of all the stuff needs to be sent to somebody else. I can't do this anymore. I I right cannot keep up on it so he handed it over to the accounting person and the accounting person which most accounting people are was like i would prefer it that way i don't want you touching my payments i want to do it myself yeah. <laughs> mark of a right. true accountant is like she's like don't touch my books you can look you can yep. write reports if you need don't enter anything don't take anything out leave it alone that's yep. my job i will do it she had found um an error um for like mm-hmm. a hundred bucks that was off um and my boss was like, that was, you know, we can write it off at the end of the year. It's not the end of the world. And she was like, I will not be able to sleep at night until this is done. I'm coming in on a Saturday where the phone is not ringing. Nobody's going to bother me. And I'm going to sit down and I'm going to get to the bottom of this. So help me. And she sat down, it took her a couple of hours. She got to the bottom of it, fixed it. Like now all the books add up to the penny, which is what an accountant wants. So like, she's fucking great. But like, I could never give it that level of attention if I'm also answering phones if I'm also handling shipments if I'm also doing the 30,000 other tasks that need to get done in an import into an import business. So it was like once she took away the accounting and then the documentation person took away the documenting I still had too much on my plate so my boss had to hire <laughs> another logistics person to just handle west coast operations because
0: you what, have you have so in the time we've we've known each other, yeah. In the what are we at six years? We've been having these conversations. 2018, yeah, yeah. So you've gone from like a four person shop handling no, person shop. It was me and a him. Two-person, yeah, a two person shop yeah. handling
2: like ten containers a month, twenty yeah, containers a month.
0: To now, no. you're at what? <laughs> Six <laughs> people? Yeah.
2: So it's yeah. now one, two, three, three people in the California office, one person in um, the Canadian office, then my boss, and then me. So like, one, two, three, you've four. You've tripled yeah. in I, size. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like overnight. Uh, yeah. And that was all this year. Yeah. Like a few That's... months ago.
0: Yeah. So you've, you've gone from startup to small business is what right. happened right and it is yeah. still
2: a business technically because we're not you know hundreds of millions of dollars but like, it's still food supply chain which means that like it's still you know important work And and because we're providing the customer service the customers keep calling us back and extending our contracts and increasing the quantities that they're asking for and that's great but it's like my boss always told me from day one when you start feeling like you're overwhelmed and you cannot take on the workload either you uh-huh. ask me for help or you delegate to somebody else. Because if you're feeling like you can't get the work done, that means that we're not going to make money as a company. If your work is not done, we don't get paid. So like, whatever it is that you need, you need to let me know what's going on so that I can take that load off your head and then we can, we can share it along. So he now had to rent a bigger office space, obviously, because there's more people there. Um, he's, uh, going to hire on two more people to come on and help out with operations, which is going to make our lives a lot easier because what I've noticed is that up until now, it's been like, Work, 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 work. I'm overworked. I'm about to die. Okay, shit. We need to hire someone else. Let's relieve the pressure. Work, work, work. We're both about to die. Hire another person. This time, he's already seen the forecast for next year as to what the contracts are going to be. He's like, if they're just handling what they have now, there's no way in fuck they're going to be able to handle this. So let me preemptively hire someone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Or choose someone's and then spread this out a little bit
0: more. And you have time to train, and you right. have time, to, right? So when the bigger load starts to hit, correct, then it's, it's turnkey. Yeah, and that's which is what you that's want. So important, yeah. So yeah, yeah.
2: once he realized he's hiring me new people, I was he was like, "So I can't have you doing so much of the day to day anymore. You need to start doing more of a supervisory role where you're overseeing." The work that gets done like obviously there's a couple of customers where he's like i want you to handle them personally because Mm -hmm. you have a very good relationship with them and i'd rather not have their shit fucked with because they are very large customers they order a lot of product and they will be on the horn with him in five minutes if something goes wrong so he's like rather than letting that happen i'd rather have you deal with them by yourself and Ask for help, obviously, but like Mm -hmm. with the the specifics of how things are done, I want you to keep that in your back pocket, which is sensible, fine. But then that also meant that when I'm passing on West Coast operations to somebody else, they need to know everything that I need. That I do know, having worked in this job for such a long time. One of them uh, used to work uh, for a freight forwarder doing exports, so she knows international shipping very well she's not too familiar with the local drayage and the and the trucking so she's not too great with that another one used to work in a warehouse so she understands warehouses backwards and forwards and she understands um documentation she understands she's a very smart Mm -hmm. cookie she knows quickbooks like she's really really smart but the thing is is like again that that transportation bit she's not too familiar with i've done all of it like you know yeah. Out. oh yeah, yeah yeah i worked in a work warehouse but like i understand how it all works because i've had to you know figure it out myself so he's like rather than having like somebody who's never been in any type of logistics field before i need somebody who has some knowledge of it so that when we give them these terms they're not staring at me with blank stares of like what the fuck is that um So he did find people from a logistics background, so they understand uh, securing appointments for delivery, securing appointments for pickup, because, like, they both come from logistics, which is, like, if you don't have an appointment, they won't load you, and they'll tell you to go fuck yourself, because you have limited space and whatever. So, like, they understand the basic terms, but, like, the specifics of what we do, they don't understand, which is perfectly understandable, because, like, let's be honest, you graduate Four years of college, you still don't have any job skills until you get into that job, and then they teach you how to do things their way. Yep,
0: yeah. and that changes almost every job. Every unless... job. Yeah, um, even even in my field, where like best practices are supposed to be shared, mm-hmm. like we have industry standard best practices, but how they work varies. Sometimes wildly, company to company.
2: Company to company, and and sometimes from department to department, to be honest, yep. because since each department deals with things in a different way, they see a different piece of the puzzle. Because I was doing everything by myself, I see the whole picture, so I can understand how this works from start to finish with no... Um, stops along the way, which is why my boss is like, well, so then write the SOPs for... Uh, SOP is um, standard operating procedure before we start right. going into EIEIO. Uh, SOP means like <laughs> these are um, how the company wants these specific things done. And like I was telling you before we started recording, um, when you have to write down how things are done so that you explain it to somebody who does not know how to do it your way you start understanding where you've been going wrong all this time and how you can tighten up your processes. Yep. So Uh, when when I wrote um, the cookbook, this is, this is like perfect examples. Like when I wrote the cookbook, I was like, if I don't explain to somebody before you start chopping a vegetable, put a pot of water to boil because you're going to need like a good gallon of water for this recipe. You're going to get really pissed off once you've gotten to this all this process and then you have a step that's going to make you park on the stove for the next half hour while it comes up to boil unless you have induction, but even then. So once I realized I do this subconsciously because I already know how to do it, I started realizing why don't I start rejiggering my process so that it makes more sense to somebody who's never done it before because it's a sensible way to do things.
0: You know, this. I, I, yeah, no, I know this because, uh, like when I've been had to document, um, my processes, mm-hmm. like, you know, like I'm the only person doing X, and then I have to stop and I have to, to and this is something that I've been doing in tech for years, right? Yeah. Because I've been a trainer back in the day, um, part of my job, but it was. It was all right, start and think about think this through from step one as if you've never done it before because you're Correct. teaching someone who's never done it and you can't make any assumptions about it. So it's like, yeah, Correct. every single document I've written makes, you know, starts with log into the system. Correct. Right? Which you would presuppose, but you know, log into the admin interface, you know, step Correct. by step by step Correct. by step. And it always frustrates me especially in my field when they're like oh just read this document it has everything and it doesn't have everything right. because it makes assumptions about what you already know and i'm like i'm a new person and then they the worst part about engineering obviously or ridiculously is when you don't actually they the when you don't meet those presuppositions mm, mm, mm. or those assumptions of previous knowledge, the first thing that ever happens is the other engineer, the person who wrote it or the person who's training you gives you a look like you're an idiot because you mm-hmm. don't already know. And you have to stop and say, I have worked here you know, maybe I've worked here for three days. Right. I don't have the institutional knowledge or the history. Where is that documented? And then mm-hmm. they're like, um, well, but you should know that, but yeah, but you should know that, and I'm like, yeah, but I should know that because why, because that's mm-hmm. how it's been done here for five years. Well, I've been here for five minutes, right respectively, yeah, um, and that's always you know that's something you always have to take into account with new hires, um like as I sit there and somebody like we've had an influx of new hires in the months prior to the outflow that happened in November sure. um, last month um, where I've had to sit there and I say, okay, here's the background information you need to understand what's going on over here. Right. So that you don't have to do what I did three years ago. Right. And that is backtrace it step by step by step by step and disassemble this entire complicated system, which is yeah. obnoxious to do. I know. I know. Um, and, but, it's for us, it's a transitional thing because we're growing significantly Mm -hmm. from, or we had grown significantly. So a lot of the people who made those decisions, Oh, hold on for a second. Let me pause because my wife is in here. Yes. Sure. I, yeah. So, so that was, that was the breakfast request because it is only, uh, or brunch request as it were, because it's almost, uh, uh, 1 PM. So it's brunch time. Yes. Yes. Um, but uh uh yeah no so that transition happens for us it was going from small to medium and now we're edging up into large right 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 publicly traded company a lot of the people who were there before the ipo are leaving just because that's how company things work sure i'm not saying anything here that will get me in trouble with the sec or because this is an industry standard thing like there's a point in every business where if you've gone public long-time employees will cash out because they've earned it right but what you don't think about then is all of the um the institutional knowledge that goes with them because it's assumed that everybody knows all these things all these processes and how these work. And then you run into the trouble of, well, I, the person who knew how this worked intricately because they're the person who built it made assumptions about what you would understand when they're trying to do a handoff. Quiet you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Quiet Siri. Yeah. (laughs) Nope, nope, nope. Um, And it's, and it's a problem and it's a problem with any growth or, contractual like um now interesting question that occurred to me while you're going through all of this is your boss springing for any training for management or leadership or doing this sort of thing a
2: moment no um Mm -hmm. because i've done it before so it's pretty much like i've done managerial work for years um so he when i started this job he knew my full work history and I told him like, I started off working right. tech support at a university doing part-time work. And then before too long, they upgraded me to full-time and then they put me in charge of like 10, 15 of my own part-time staff. Um, and so like, it's, I've, I've already had the, cause I'm now 40. So like um, I've been working since I was 18, 19 thereabouts. Yeah. Um, starting off part-time and then upgraded to full-time and then once I got full-time um that's when they did the management training at that point was like right we can't have you thrown out to the wolves without understanding um you know uh sexual harassment about understanding uh making Mm -hmm. plans making you know making sure that your staff don't feel like you're having favorites the rest of it so like I did get that training initially but that was like how many years ago now like it's been Don't do the math. Um, Yeah, don't do the math. um, What has happened though is that a lot of the shortcuts that I've made for myself over the years either will not work for my new people coming in because they Mm -hmm. don't have the same set of assumptions that I do, or they're on a fucking PC. And so, like, the stuff that takes me half a second to do on a Mac, they cannot do because the operating system is just so vastly different. I I specifically Mm -hmm. paid for a Mac for myself as my work machine because I was like, I know he's not going to spring, you know, $2,800 for a fucking Mac for myself. But yeah, yeah, yeah. this is what I need to function so that I can do the best work that I can. So it's worth it to pay out of pocket. And it's my computer one way or the other. So like I can erase my uh, their files off if I ever need to knock on wood leave. Um, God forbid. Um, But like what he has been doing is. um, He'll he's never really had management training you know what i mean like they threw him okay to the yeah and so like he's coming from a different not a different era because he's younger than i am he's younger than like, me by about three years so like you know he's a really smart guy who's like fucking three years younger than my, me has like um a business under his belt has people he's who he's hired and like you know a nice house at a tesla like he's doing pretty good for himself uh lovely yeah. wife lovely kid like he's, he's got he's living the dream as it were um <laughs> so like for him he he would for sure pay because like when i had to do the documentation training um to figure out like um there's something called a pcqi uh a something something qualified individual um where anybody who's doing Food and Drug Administration, U.S. Department of Agriculture uh, documentation, um, uh, Customs and Border Patrol uh, imports, that kind of stuff, there are certain sets of um, standards that you have to comply with, and your documentation has to meet those standards. And yes, technically, I knew what they were based on my experience with import-export, but once he sent me to that training program, I was like, oh, this all makes sense. I understand what's going on. This is all like, this is yep. great. So he 100% paid for that. Let me take off the days that I needed to go do that because it's an eight hour training for two days in a row and you have to be there for the full eight hours and it's, it's intense. It's a lot of information oh, yeah. they give you for that PCQI um, certificate. Um, so he is happy to pay for the training. If I tell him that it's time for me to go get that done, um, because I'm feeling out of my depth and I don't know what's going on, but like with regards to management, I'm pretty hands off because the. The ladies who are there in the California office are very, very smart cookies. They know what they're doing. So once I gave them those standard operating procedures and um, made it into a manual and took the screenshots and told them, like, this is what this abbreviation means. This is what this term means. This is how I do things. You don't have to do things this way. You can find your own system, what works for you. But this is what's worked for me in the past. Um, Right. Please comment on them because it's it's all Google Docs because um I don't want to email back and forth when there's changes that happen. And I don't yep. want going in OneDrive for that same reason because I don't want to have any changes and then have to save different versions and also the bullshit with Google Docs, you live change as you go along. So I- press, And you have that, that beautiful tracking uh, history. That, tracking history, yeah. that's what I want. So yep. I give everybody commenting privileges. I don't give them editing privileges because those standard operating procedures are my- Um, words. They're my understanding of how things should be done. If they want to make edits, they're welcome to download a copy on their local computer and make all the edits that they want and use it themselves. Or they can make comments on my sheet and tell me, hey, Dino, check out the comments. Can you please approve this or disapprove this? And then we can have a conversation about that. I don't want people changing the SOPs. Right. Ever, 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 ever. That needs to be locked That's mine. Don't touch it. Like you can look at it. You can comment on it. And it is collaborative because I do want to hear their comments. If they're saying like, hey, this is unclear. I need more clarification. Great. That's wonderful. Or, hey, this situation came up that I've never seen before. Can you please address it? Sure. No worries. Once they got those manuals, um, they were both so thankful. The the accountant knew what she was doing. She's an accountant. Like give her the invoices. She'll run miles quite happily. But the logistics people, they needed to know how we do things. And so once I wrote down the manuals exactly how I wanted things done. And then I said, here's the perfect way to do things. You may not always be able to do it this way, but aim for this. Um, and then if you don't do it, make a note somewhere. I didn't do it this way and then go back and correct it because it's fine. It's not the end of the world. Like it's, it's our internal files. Nobody else is seeing it. So like, as long as we name it properly and we make the, um, we run the OCR on the PDFs, OCR is optical character recognition. Um, and it means that it'll take Usually when you get import documentations, um, somebody takes a scan of it, either with their cell phone or with a scanner, and then they email you the document package in a PDF format. Now, the issue is, is that your computer cannot read the picture because it's a scanned picture of yep. paper. Yep, yep. What you have to do is called OCR, optical character recognition, which the computer now recognizes the shapes of the letters and converts it internally yeah. to text. And now you can search the PDF and find whatever text you're looking for in there.
0: Yeah, and my my like my remarkable mm-hmm. does an acceptable mostly job yeah. with handwriting. Handwriting is the big one, but like for these official forms that are typed yeah. or you know very specifically clearly block printed, it works Correct. so much better. Beautifully, right? and and yeah. if
2: you have um, Acrobat Pro, which is what we use in the office, because oh yeah, we need it because we're we're not just doing OCR on the, on the, um, uh, uh, forms, of oh, so forms, Jesus on the documents. We're also shuffling around the pages. We're also making edits where we need to make oh, yeah. edits to send it out to the customer where, um, we're creating forms for the customers to fill out. We're tracking the forums and, you know, collecting signatures and digital signatures. And it's, it's a whole thing. So it's not, we're not just using Acrobat because, you know, um, I want to rotate a page on a PDF. Like we're, we're using like the, heavy-duty functions of it which is why the yeah yeah we're paying a fucking fortune for it every month but it's worth it because without oh, yeah. it we would come to a grinding halt because our entire business runs on documents so as long as those documents are filed in the correct folders the folders are named correctly even if you forget to do the ocr on the pdf i can still find it very easily Yep. because the reference numbers are right there in the file name, so and and the reference numbers that we track are in our tracking sheet, and one talks to the other, we're done,
0: yeah, and how much of that is automated at this point like it can't can you be. i would i would think would have think that you know if a state has changed, you can change it in the spreadsheet and at least move the document in. So, you know, automatically
2: what can be done is mm-hmm. that I can batch process OCR. That's possible. Okay. Um, right. but they don't have computers powerful enough to really do that because they're not running on these fancy Macs with like 64 gigs of Ram and like a 16 core right. right. processor and all those other shit like I am. So like I can batch process 20 documents in a sitting and it will be done in like two, three minutes. They'll freeze and burn their computers to the ground.
0: So, like, well, I, I no, I was thinking more along the lines of like, um, okay, so so here's an example. I have offloaded, you know, I've offloaded the entire post production process, right? Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. when I save the finished podcast episode, mm-hmm. I put it in a shared folder. Correct. I pay for Zapier because it has all of the, and you know, I don't mind supporting what is essentially a small business um, that does so much. But like, I have a workflow in Zapier that then picks up the episode, sends it to the place that does all of the pros- post processing, mm-hmm. does all the name manipulation, and then drops it into a different folder when it's done.
2: Right, and so and
0: we did try yeah. it.
2: Um, yeah, the issue is is that naming of PDFs um, is a uh such a fucking process and the other issue is is that you have to name it basis um the container number and the bill of lading number the bill of lading number is not listed in any of the container documents the container documents are only listed on specific spots on the bill of lading on certain so and each freight forwarder has their own format of bill of lading so Uh. extracting that information from there is going to be way too difficult and it's not listed left to right it's listed in a column. Um, and so the software will not be good enough to recognize, all right, this is where the column starts and where it stops because it's variable for each company and how they do it. So like the bill of lading is only shown on the, um, uh, the security filing, which is sent long before the container leaves the, um, the, the country of export. The container numbers are only listed on the, um, on the container documents, um, which you get after the thing leaves. And so, like, some asshole needs to get the bill of lading number from here. The container documents – sorry, the container numbers from here, put them together in one place. And then when it's time to name that document, you name it with everything so that when you're searching for it, you can find – so, like, have, right. I have right. – Screamed into the void so many times when I've been so close to getting the solution that will work, and then I'm like, oh shit, right, there's that piece.
0: And now that's why it won't work. So so so, but I I I see maybe maybe this is just my my technical brain going. But it's like once you have the information in the spreadsheet and that final document and that Mm -hmm. document in place, in the this has shipped. Correct. Like now you' and you've got a spreadsheet uh, and I'm guessing you track the status in the sh- spreadsheet all the time, and then you have the directories for do you have directories per state so it's shipped it's arrived it's et cetera et cetera et cetera no, that- because okay.
2: um there's no point
0: um okay
2: with uh with with ocean freight it's either here or it's not here, basically. Uh, okay. I don't care what happens to it until it gets here. And then once it's here, now all hands on deck, as it were, to get it off there, to get it to the customer, blah blah blah. So like I know where it is um based on what the ETA is, because the ETAs are planned months in advance. And so we have a pretty good idea as to when it's going to show up. And then the freight forwarder sends us what's called an arrival notice to tell us, hey, this is arriving in a week, like keep an eye out for it. It's you know gonna be here. So like it's, it's a quick, because the renaming of the PDF is literally just take the container numbers from the one place and then shove it into the file name. Right. It's a very straightforward process. But when you get something like 30, 40 documents a day, if I were doing that myself, I would shoot myself because it's yeah. way too much. It's too, too much when I'm trying to just move product from point A to point B. And so I understand that like when you're in the middle of like, 10 phone calls and like all these documents are coming flying at your face. You may not necessarily have time to name them properly. As long as the mm-hmm. folder is named correctly, I don't give a shit what everything inside okay. is named. And the folder yeah. gets named as soon as you get the ISF in your hand, because the ISF also has the container numbers. So okay, it has so- the building
0: number, it has the container number. So we've already made the folder. So you've got the the folder, okay, okay, I see. Yeah, so you've got the folder with the ISF. Correct. And then all the documents for that particular... And now all the documents can just dump straight into that folder. Right, okay. Um, Okay. It's
2: easier if you rename the PDF to the container number so that you can find it quicker. But as long as the folder is named, you can still find the folder. And all the PDFs in there are fine. So, like, I don't care as long as the folder is named correctly, everything works. And then everything is Mm -hmm. just one after the... Because you know how, like... Um, back in the day, you had to be super careful about how you file your folders, oh, yeah. otherwise things get ugly. But with search, it's pretty straightforward now. So, like, even if you misplace a folder in the wrong spot, you're gonna find it as long as the folder is named correctly. So, like, as long yeah. as the folder is good, I don't give a shit what you do with the documents inside it. But ideally, go back and name them.
0: Yeah, and uh, you know, the company I work for, like, one of our products is something called workplace search, where you can link all of your different storage options together, index it, and then have a single search place to go so that if you've got things in Dropbox, local drives, et cetera, et cetera, uh, yeah, you could just go look for this and it'll find it no matter where it's stored. Wherever it is, which is really useful. Um, But you're not at that point yet because you've only got the one
2: shared storage. It's just the one and and it does the job. Um, And it does the job really well. But the beauty of it is that because... um, those tasks are so not set in stone but they're pretty straightforward once you understand how to do it um you really don't need to read the manual over and over again the the ladies will still refer back to it every now and then just to like as a refresher if they're starting to lose their way um because i've also put in things like if for some reason you need to create um like 20 bills of lading at the same time here's how you do it so is that you don't drive yourself crazy. If you need to export like 30 invoices from QuickBooks, here's how you do it so that, you know, you can do it very quickly in one fell swoop, and then it'll send yeah, yeah. everything in one PDF that you can then split up in Acrobat later and rename as you need to, rather than going one at a time, saving, mm-hmm. exporting, saving, exporting. But you know how like in math class, your teacher's is like, I need you to learn how to do it the long way before I give you a calculator. Right. You need to oh, understand yeah. the steps to do this correctly before I give you the shortcut because I don't want you not knowing how to do the basics and then cut to the shortcut and not understand what got you there and why the shortcut is good.
0: Yeah, I mean it's like when we were, when I talked to Sigrid, mm-hmm. the now former air traffic controller uh-huh. about how all of the air traffic controllers learn the paper method. Correct. And review it because if something goes wrong mm-hmm. with the automated systems, that's one of their fallbacks. Correct, right? Is scribbling papers, handing things off physically. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they were already sort of doing that, but you know, the the entire thing that's handled by the computers is they still teach the manual process because otherwise, you know, what happens what when happens the computer when- goes
2: away? Correct. And yeah. this is why yeah. I'm really, really retentive about certain things, like. um, Uh, we might have talked about this before, but there's something called Demerage where if your container sits at the port longer than the amount of time that they've granted you, you have to pay port storage and that's called uh, Demerage. And once you pay the Demerage, it's not always done via an email and a wire transfer. It's frequently done through a website called eModal, E-M-O-D-A-L. It's a website that a lot of the shipping lines and a lot of the ports in the United States use to pay port fees and other things like that. And they process all the stuff. So like you can put your bank account information there. You can put a credit card in there and then pay all these fees. And I told them, once you finish paying the fees, I need you to save a PDF of that and save it in the folder along with the other container documents for that particular payment. And she's like, why? I can always go back on the website and pull up the data from eModal. And I was like, yes, but what happens? You lose internet. Um, the e website is down and it has happened before. It's not frequent, but it has happened before, um, where something else stupid happens. Someone else is telling you, you didn't do something. You now have the paperwork that shows. Yes, I did. Now this is your fault that my shit's not clear. You can't do that. If for any reason you're away from your computer and your login is not working. Now you have to wait for a password reset. What if the password reset's not working? What if, um, for some reason the website's down, what if, You, you know, Oh yeah. you want to have redundant backups because the issue is is that you cannot always depend on somebody else's system working.
3: Yeah, so no, your no. system needs <laughs> to
2: And so yes, it sounds paranoid, but like when you've been in imports as long as I have, you know, you understand that every dumb thing that can happen has happened and I've seen it happen and there's times when the customs broker will just give me this look like, do you know what is going on? And I'm like, I I don't know how I'm I'm as lost as you are. We are both on, on this sea of, I don't know what the fuck happened. And she's like, well, good thing I have a printout of when we paid that by credit card for you guys. So I'll just email it over to them and we'll get this fixed for you in 30 minutes. And I was like, that's how we need to have our, our systems. We need to have, double and triple redundancies because she's like i can also check my email technically and find it and i was like what if your email is down these things have happened in the past you're locked out of outlook because you tried to sign in too many times the person who has the ability to go and do a hard password reset from godaddy is out sick or something like that you still need to be able to move your product you can't have anything sat there so like that was one-on-one conversation. I already put that in the standard operating procedure. It's already there. I was like, once you finish paying this, save the receipt, yep. save it in the folder. It's a text document. It's a PDF of like 60 kilobytes. It's not going to kill our one terabyte of space that we have on top <laughs> You will be right. okay. Shove it in there. It's fine. Yes, it's an extra step. But then when systems are down and you have your backup and then now no one can tell you shit, That extra two seconds was well worth it. Oh, yeah. So that's how I, you know, so like my management style tends to be very sort of, I'll let you make your mistakes, of course, and I'll back you up and try to help you fix them as best as I can. However, there are certain things about which I will not budge. And that is operational stuff where it's like it has to be done this way because if it is not done this way then we have disaster in the offing and it's just not worth the aggravation so 99% of the time if I explain it like here's why we have to do it this way nobody's mad they're like oh got it makes sense let's just do that thing you said
0: yeah yeah and uh, so a frustrating thing that I get with the documentation at least in the tech field right is people are they don't put those explanations in oh okay yeah is that you know here's here's how we do it and why we do it and then you go and you're like well isn't this a better way and they're like well that doesn't work well why doesn't it work well we tried it and it doesn't work i'm like okay let's let's what does that mean yeah exactly um and that's also you know, give me give me some details about why Correct. it doesn't work. Don't just say it doesn't work. Correct. You know, uh, otherwise I'm going to go out and I'm going to try it that way and cause a disaster. Right. <laughs> well, like
2: something simple, like the Emodal website, where um, yeah. if you're looking at a typical port uh, website in the U.S., um, you're allowed to separate the container numbers with a com- with a comma. With Emodal, they don't accept commas. You can only use a space.
0: Because or, it's, yeah. it
2: yeah has to be one. After another, so like in a column, it'll accept that just fine. But if you try to put commas in there, it's going to spaz out on you
0: because it Um, uses a white space separator instead of instead of a character.
2: Exactly. Technically, with most port websites, you can also use a space. You can also use a hard carrot return. All that It's not called carrot return anymore. Is it?
0: It's just a new line. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. Whatever. Um, Shows you my age. Um, Yeah. No. (laughs) The fact that I knew exactly what you're talking about and able to go. Yeah. Okay. New line. Um, Yeah. It'll
2: accept both. Most websites will do both, but like eModal is a a system, all right. And Mm, it will only accept these specific ways. So like when I put in the standard operating procedure, this is how you look up the containers for eModal. Do it in Mm -hmm. this format, because if you try to put commas, it's not going to spit back except for the first one that you put in there. Everything else is going to be lost. If you don't put that, someone's going to be like, all right, so what's the issue? Like, why do you know everything? Like, what's going on? Well, because I've tried it, and here's what I tried, and here's what broke it. And so you don't have to waste this this time. Just do it this way. But here's how I tried to, you know, check and see if it would. And it did not. And here's... Yeah, But but have the goddamn explanation, because it's like, <laughs> it doesn't take you but three seconds to write it. Yes, it becomes a longer document. I understand. But it's just like writing a recipe. It's like, uh, then turn it down to a low heat. Why? Because if you leave it at a very high heat, this thing is going to burn long before it gets cooked all the way in the center. It's,
0: yeah, it's, it, that doesn't actually cause it to cook faster. Correct. Yeah. All you're yeah. going to get is burnt
2: onions, and uh, no, you're not going to caramelize onions in five minutes. I'm sorry, websites.
0: <laughs> Um, Oh, tell me about it. Yeah. So we've gotten, we've gotten all of the, this is what happened in 2022, I think. And it happened. (laughs) And it happened. Yeah. So before we break and we talk about cleaning up after the holidays or just after having people over, which will be next episode, what are we looking forward to in 2023?
2: So come 2023, um, mm-hmm. we are going to have the extra staff. So that's great. Um, and I need to do a mass declutter because there I'm, I'm looking around at my house and I'm just like, there's too much shit and we have too many duplicates of too many things. And oh, yeah there's things that were useful to me before when I was single that are not useful to me anymore because I'm living with someone else and I have more people in and out of my house all the time. So for example, I used to save a lot of those glass jars um, from like pasta sauces or Mason jars. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I find that I don't use them as often um, as I do like the Tupperware containers and like the, you know, the Rubbermaids and the whatever else, because um Nico is clumsy, and he will drop shit, so if I put shit in a jar, I don't know that it's going to last very long. I have the door open, but uh, I don't know if he's home, and I don't know if he can hear me, but I don't oh, think yeah. he would exactly... Um, disagree so because (laughs) i can do things in a certain way and it's not necessarily so useful to me anymore maybe it's time to start purging those jars that i don't need anymore throw them in the recycling bin i'll keep the mason jars because they are actually really nice
0: and those lids are
2: universal and like maybe i'll start canning no i won't i'm not gonna start
0: no but Um, you can you can buy a they're so universal. You can buy things like here's a lid that screws onto your mason yeah. jar that turns it into a, into a Absolutely. glass or into a drinking cup, or here's a lid. that and Like the Jif peanut butter I, yeah. jar. When you're done with it, that lid fits the mason jar
2: perfectly. So like, yeah. I've got a couple of Jif peanut butter jars that we're going to run through. So like, it's going to go in, yeah. but I need to do a purge of these things that are not getting used because mm-hmm. they're taking up space. Yes. I have more space, Yaxi, that's great, but like realistically, that doesn't necessarily mean I have to cram it with shit that I'm not using. I'd rather pass that along to somebody else who could use it, or throw it out so that it's not up in my
0: grill anymore. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, we we recently did something similar in the pantry. Mm-hmm. Um, one, we had mice, but that was you know that was sort of the the catalyst. But all of the stuff we had bought and hoarded mm-hmm. in 2020. Mm-hmm. Like twenty-five pounds of flour, ten pounds of sugar. Uh-huh. Some of this was shepherd, I will admit. Sure, sure. But you know, all of that sort of stuff that the mice had moved into. Oh,
2: right. You can't keep right? it anyway.
0: You can't keep it anyway, like rice. Like the container the rice was in the 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 mice had been walking on top of. Like it was closed. It was sealed. So it's but, fine. Like, it, it sort mostly, but because we had bought all this bulk rice, at some point, we started to get the um weevils. What's the weevils? The, yeah, it's
2: called the confused flower beetle, if I'm not mistaken,
0: yeah, exactly. And so it's like, yeah, no, okay, We'll just get rid of everything, right. Like and just did an entire yeah, did an entire purge, and that means that now my pantry, oh my God, I can put things in my pantry again, yeah, yeah, um, still have the shelves in the garage for longer term storage for things that aren't getting used immediately, like, pasta, Mm -hmm. like all of my salad fixings, which I used to keep in the garage because there's no place in the pantry for it. Sure, Um, You know, and also the bucket I have with glassed eggs in it Mm -hmm. for long-term egg storage. Right. Um, Which, you know, I'm going to be thankful for when they stop laying, but all the young hens have started laying, so I'm getting five, six eggs a day right now in the middle of fucking which is more than enough
2: for two people
0: Right. Yeah. No. To the point where I just looked. Uh, I, I, all of the egg cartons I had in that in the pantry had been crawled through, taken apart for nesting materials. Like there were no live mice in there. The live mice were gone.
2: No, because they already gave birth and they fucked off.
0: Yeah, exactly. But, and I'm sure some of that was also that there are dangerous predators in the right. house. Right. doing so much. Yeah. Um. But it's like, yeah, I needed to buy more egg cartons. Sure. Um, which are, you know, I bought 15 yesterday for three bucks. They're cheap. It's fine. Right. Yeah. But I was like, I was just looking in my fridge and I've got 48 plus a flat of 30 is 70 some eggs in the fridge right now. Yeah, I know. Right. Good Lord. That look is, yeah. Uh, plus probably another 40 glassed for when mm-hmm. they're not laying.
3: So you can open which, a bakery
0: basically. But. I asked the Amazon delivery guy yesterday. Do you want some I'm eggs? like, could, could I just start leaving eggs out for y'all fresh eggs? He's like, yeah, I'd take them. I'll so I'm like, them. yeah, take, yeah. I'm just like, yeah. When I see the Amazon person show up, I'm going to be out there with like, you know, do you need eggs? Take Here's some eggs. two cartons. Give your neighbor. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, you know, so that's for, for us looking into the next year. One, this podcast is going to be turning six, starting into year seven. Woo! wow yeah um you know i have for my field i have a job you know right. um <laughs> which is a thing in in the tech field right now right fuck fuck you uh elegant muskrat
1: mm. and
0: um yeah mm. uh, but uh you know i'm just like i'm gonna stay the course like well, I- you know no that's, major changes for us, I think.
2: That's why I want to do the purge. It's like yeah. part of it is um this is the first time and I can't even think how long that I'm actually in a space that's big enough to accommodate all my shit. But on the other hand, I'm also making enough money now that I don't need to hold on to the stuff that I'm not using on a regular basis yeah. because I'm not living paycheck to paycheck like i've actually managed to clear out um almost all of my uh credit card debt i'm down to two cards left um my friend told me like if you're only down to like a couple thousand dollars get one of those like um zero transfer balance fuckers and just shove it over there because you're going to pay it off in six months. Anyway, they give you like a year to pay it off, whatever. Yeah, And then that way you save that interest payment every month that these guys are spanking you with because when, when I was poor and I didn't have enough money and I had to put some of the rent on the credit card with a cash advance, those interest rates are like punishing and I'm still paying off the, you know, those, those credit cards. Yeah. Um, so like rather than paying like 30% interest, rat, you know, might as well just shove it into one of these transfery deals and you know, save that, you know, 50, 60 bucks a month on goddamn interest. So I'm paying like two hundred dollars a month towards the credit card bill. The minimum payment is 80 bucks. They take up $50 in interest every month. And I'm like, this is uh, atrocious. So yeah. no, it's a want, it's a racket. Yeah. It's a racket. So like I want to get that cleared so that i can pay them off and then just have it because i i stopped putting things on credit cards the exception is the amazon card because they give me that five percent back or whatever oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and i use amazon for everything and but i pay it off at the end of the month anyway so like whatever is on there it just gets cleared off and then i get the rewards for it and then i use it for whatever that's my Um, apple card right now yeah right right and like yeah but aside from that i don't put things on the credit card because it's like those interest rates will ream you and you're talking this was like 2010 2011 or so that um i had to put some rent on the credit cards and like we're now Mm -hmm. 11 years later and i'm still paying for it um because i could only afford to pay the minimum for how many years so it's like when 90 percent of the payment is interest and then the rest like 20 bucks is hitting the principal yeah you're never going to pay it off like you're going to be stuck with that for the rest of your natural life
0: so that's where i was with uh with my care credit for all the dental work i had in like 2017
2: yeah and it it, yeah kills you so it's like i don't want to be in that position again but like i'm not in that position where i cannot afford to replace something if i need it and i had gotten rid of it already um so like i can do the purge you know rest assured that I can get it again if I need to and I can give this away to somebody else who can use it. There's absolutely no reason for me to look at it and as a, oh shit, you know, I, yeah. I've never been a hoarding type, but like, there are certain things like kitchenware where it's like, it's mm-hmm. very expensive to replace and I don't want to get rid of it if I am actively using it, even if it's once or twice a month, because it's like, it's nice to have for those things, but there are things in my um, drawers, in the kitchen drawers that I haven't picked up since we moved in in july yeah why am i holding on to it there doesn't make any sense and then i'd rather get rid of those things and then replace them with things that i actually do reach for on a daily basis you know like the rubber spatulas like fucking other things like that where it's like i'm constantly using them and they go bad so quickly and i'm like well i have so much shit in my drawer i don't want to replace it
0: yeah, no, I need to, and that's—I think that's the next stage in the kitchen cleanup—is getting rid of like the utility drawers of things we never mm-hmm. actually use. Because it's like I go into that drawer and it's like, yes, I have that just in case, and I'm Correct. like, just in how case often? Of what? Yeah, how often have I used the juicer? Correct. Well, you know, or how often have I used like the? Oh God, I've got one of those giant meat forks for the mm-hmm. for the grill Quite carving. Um... No, not even for carving oh, the grill. For, for the grill, yeah. I use tongs. I don't even use the meat fork for that. Like, why would I puncture the meat and let Correct. those juices out? Correct. Um, you know, so... Yeah, you spend all this time building the pellicle on there. Why are you going to pierce it through with the fucking fork? Get rid of that stupid thing. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly, right. yeah. It's like, oh my god, my dad with his, uh, his heat-reading fork, and I'm like, no, don't, don't, you don't need to know. You should, yeah, no. Leave the probe in like, there, that's it. Yeah. Um and I do that with the smoker all the time mm-hmm. because oh yeah, the smoker. Um yeah. because you you don't want to be opening that on the regular. No, no. No. So but yeah, so um now I will say the deduping was an interesting negotiation that we did several years ago. Of the books, um, right? Of the books. Yes, yeah. Yes. And so that's that's something you'll also have to be aware of. It was like that is my oh, beloved copy of I still only own five books. The rest are neat. Oh well, okay. Yeah. But books. I mean, you know, they're they're There are things like that that, you know, if you're like, oh, there are two of these, and now is there an emotional attachment for either one of you, and so that will define which one you keep, kind of. Correct, correct, correct. you know. For the um, most
2: part, with regards to kitchen crap, uh, Nico didn't bring any of his stuff because he was like, yours is better anyway, so fuck it.
3: Um, (laughs)
2: Excellent, yeah. And then for um, housewares with regards to, like, um, you know, books and furniture and whatever, that was my furniture because the other furniture that he had back in his old place was all shared. Yeah. Um, and then with regards to power tools, um, he got rid of his because he was like, yours are plug in. They're fine. I'm happy with those. We'll just keep what you have. So the toolbox is yeah. all my own stuff. And and then there's like a couple of things that he had to buy from Home Depot when we first moved in so that they could do the install of various, you know, the oh, today yeah. and the fucking the Google yeah. lights and the, you know, the, the, the key at keyless entry door and all that other shit. Um, He needed a few other tools, but like we haven't really run into the duplicate thing because it's like the house that he had with the other people was um, shared. Most of the equipment was Mm -hmm. shared. And then like the stuff that he brought here was sound equipment, which I never had. Right. I'm not a sound. I don't have any. So like anything he brought was like all brand new. And then like the Apple TVs, you know, because I can't function on the Roku, interface it irritates me yeah no i dig it yeah it's way too slow so i always have apple tvs on everything because i can control it with my phone i can blah blah blah. this is not an apple ad but whatever um he's okay with using those to control the projector and the and the tv Mm -hmm. in the bedroom um so like he didn't bring any because he had like a fucking chromecast or not chromecast what the stadia stadia yeah, I know the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but aside from that, like, he has like, his Xbox. I didn't have any video game systems because <laughs> I don't play video games. So, like, we were very fortunate that most of the stuff that we brought to the... I keep wanting to say marriage, Kevin, but it's not. But anyway. I know. Um, To the partnership was, like, unique. That it was, like, stuff yeah. that he brought stuff that I don't have. I brought stuff that he doesn't have. Which made it so that we didn't have to dedupe at all. Like, oh, that's everything nice. was like so. All those, see the books he has. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are all his. Okay. Um, if you looked at my books from, it could fit from there to there. That's it. All five of them. All five yeah. of them, and that's 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 enough. Like, that's so. There's all my books are on Kindle because I don't keep physical.
0: Yeah, well, and I, but there's some books you I can't do that. With. Like correct, all correct. of my, like all of my D and D books, and I have, I think most of a, a large chunk of five E at this point. Yeah, yeah. But like, and I have Beyond, and I have every single thing you can get from Wizards for D and D on in D and D Beyond in digital sure. form. But it doesn't flow the same way as being but. able to take up the book and you know I can find things really quick, but. I can't like it it doesn't give me the same like I can grab um I can grab where's uh um booze astral menagerie mm-hmm. part of the new spell jammer uh, uh set sorry people um and I can flip through and sort of get ideas right, and the digital version of those same resources is much more of a if you know what you're looking for, you can find it, but if you're just looking for ideas, it's very hard.
2: So that's my issue with recipe books now, is because yeah. um there are certain books that are out of print and have not been in print for decades. Um yep. one of them is called How to Cook and Eat in Chinese. Um the author's name is uh Bu W U W sorry B U W E I Um Yang Y A N G uh C H A O. Um She <clears throat> Was a doctor who was trained in Japan um, mm. and hated Japanese food so much that she taught herself how to cook.
0: <laughs> um, um, yeah, no.
2: And so that entire book is filled with like her sassy, sarcastic manner, and it was written in like 1945. So, like, Oh, one of those. Yeah. Right. So like, it's not in print anymore. So she would say like, oh, if you need to get ginger or garlic, go to your local Chinatown and pick it up there because your local, you know, stop and shop is not going to have it. Like you need to go to a specialty store to pick up cilantro because like nobody's going to fucking have it, but it's used in Chinese cuisine. And her husband, um was a linguist and he was doing a project of all the different dialects of China. So whenever he would be talking to people about their dialects and like making recordings and writing them down, she would be with their wives in the kitchen learning about the cooking of their region. Ah. So it's not just a recipe book of the stuff that she grew up with. It's also like a regional, like collection of different recipes from across China which, let's be honest, is a massive, massive country with a huge amount of diversity with like oh all my kinds God, of yeah. different um, ideals on how to do things. So she has things in there that are like she she's the one who coined the term stir fry. We did not have that term in English before. That is her term. That's the word that she used to describe that process of stirring. So like it is a pivotal book in Chinese cookery for Americans, because it's not published in Chinese, uh, the original edition had the uh, foreword written by Pearl S. Buck. Like, this was an important piece of literature, but it's out of print, and so, like, yeah. yes, I'm going to have to find it used somewhere, and I don't want the paperback edition, I want the hardcover edition because that's the one that I had. We, I had picked up one at a yard sale for 25 cents because apparently the people didn't know what they had, and the issue was, was Ooh. like, Apparently rats had gotten into that book because the center oh. couple of chapters had gotten chewed up and had been made into nesting material, which is probably why I got it for 25 cents. But like the intro and the section, she has a section on how to serve Chinese food family style or banquet style Um because yeah, yeah, yeah. nobody knew what the fuck to do with this. So like they haven't. <laughs> You know what I, I mean? Like there we yeah, yeah, yeah. didn't have the ubiquity of Chinese restaurants. I mean, you had Chinese restaurants, don't get me wrong. Like yeah, Chinese yeah, restaurants yeah, no. were very fashionable and very sort of like exotic at the time. You didn't have your local Chinese that you could get, you know,
0: uh dim sum from <laughs> yeah. on a Saturday. Uh, um, no, you had to go to Chinatown or or just that part of town. That very part of specific. town. Specifically, yeah, yeah. So
2: like she was introducing like Chinese cooking techniques and ingredients to an American audience. It's sort of like mastering the art of French cooking um did for French food. Oh, it's what how to yeah. cook and eat in Chinese did for Chinese food. And so like I I've, I've been searching for the hardcover and they're beastly expensive. They're 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 like if you find a good like first edition hardcover in Stock somewhere, they're at least a couple of hundred dollars. Um, and I don't even need the first edition. I'm happy with the like second or third edition that was printed in like 1960 something. Um, an e copy will not do that book justice, right. Right. And and there's like a couple of other books that like I want physical copies of because, like I said, I finally have space. And that's also part of why I want to do The Big Purge is because like if I can get rid of some of the shit that I'm never looking at, now I can have stuff, space for stuff that I'm really, truly going to enjoy, like these books that, you know, I haven't had, you know, a chance to get my hands on. Um, there's a giant three story thrift shop in, in Philadelphia called Philly AIDS thrift shop. And all their proceeds benefit AIDS charity um, uh, for AIDS research and like helping people um, who are living with AIDS to get housing and um, access to medication. Wait, wait, like wait their... Go back and repeat that again. Yeah, it's called Philly AIDS uh, Thrift Shop. Um, it's in Philadelphia, and it is massive. It's
0: three stories, and they
2: maybe that'll be our charity spotlight.
0: I don't know. Uh... <laughs> that's, that's what I was going to put in for for the first half. Yeah. Uh the charity spotlight for for the end of year episode is that's what I'm going to put in. Correct. So, um so yeah, yeah
2: like there it's a really it's a really cool charity where um you they have stuff from all the Philadelphia suburbs and everything like they all dump into that one thrift shop and it's three stories tall and they still charge thrift store prices if you know what I mean. Oh yeah, I know what you so mean. So you're not going to go in there and see like a pair of pants for like $15 you're gonna see a pair of pants for like $3 $5 you know if it's like a vintage pair of pants from like the 70s or the 80s it'll be $30 but like that's because it's vintage not retro you know what I mean so like yeah yeah, 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 yeah. you can wander that shop and it's not just like a big hall they have like several little rooms where they have several different types of things so like they have one entire room just for kitchenware where it's like all the random small appliances that you have in a kitchen, um, like waffle irons, juicers, um, you know, oh, citrus nice. reamers, like and all the old school stuff, like the real like stuff that was, you know, made in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s. is still solid, um, but everybody's buying from fucking Ikea. So, like, they don't buy the old shit anymore, but they still have them because a lot of times, like, say, for example, grandma dies and she leaves all her shit in her house. Somebody needs to come clear it out, and so they'll send oh, yeah. their people to go strip that house down to the bones, and then take all the shit and put it in the thrift shop. So you find stuff there, like full sets of china, um, you know, with the gold leaf and everything, hundred thirty bucks, which is like nothing for a set of china for eight, where it's got like the plates, the bread plates, the saucers, the the teacups, the oh like, nice, yeah, hundred thirty bucks, like full set of, of of for eight and I'm like this is insane um they I, I've seen stuff in there like um they have typewriters that are still working um you know like they have like the really good quality like leather shoes that are you know well maintained over the years and like somebody really truly loved them they're not dusty and gross they're like really really beautiful 10 20 bucks and it's like I, and then their books usually you can find their books for maybe fifty cents to two dollars. Oh, that's really nice. So like yeah. we live about an hour and away from Philadelphia, an hour and a half away from Philadelphia. So like it's a it's Yeah, oh yeah. it's a day trip. Like we can jump in the car, go down there, go visit that thrift store, get some food locally, you know, eat a couple of soft pretzels, jump back in the car, come back home. It's it's a definite doable. But before I start bringing that crap in, I need to get rid of shit because Otherwise, it's my personal rule that before I do like a big shop and get a bunch of stuff in stuff needs to go out that I'm not using, because otherwise, it's going to very quickly go from zero to hoarder, And I genuinely don't want to go down that road. Right? Um, So like, whenever I see like storage spaces getting over full, and I see like my closet getting over full and like the drawers in the kitchen, like are just there's so much shit in there. And I'm not even using it all. Part of it can be mitigated by hanging stuff up on the walls but part of it can be mitigated by throwing it the fuck out because i don't need it big big goals yeah no i hear you clean out the house even more than it already is
0: (laughs) by the way i found a copy at least on amazon Uh and it's now coming to my house of how to cook and eat in chinese for 98 dollars in hardback
2: it's expensive Um, right
0: for that sort of thing, though, I'm all about it. But what year um, was it? What, what year was that one published? Does it say? Um, I'll find out when it gets here. Okay, okay. It's, but it's it says po- 1949 on it. So. Okay,
2: so it's probably the it's probably the first edition. But th- yes, it is. It is yeah. difficult to find them. Yeah. Um, when you do find them, you jump up and snap them up because it's like they're right. A lot of people don't know about the book. And it is such a pivotal moment in our cultural understanding of Chinese food, and what she has done to bring that knowledge to the U.S. is, I think, really important, and I think deserves to be remembered. I think oh, yeah. last year, sometime, I saw that some people were getting together to like make a reprint of the original.
0: And there's um, a um, there's a whole series on at a university. Oh, uh, if it? you Google it. Yeah. There's a whole series, uh, or like a whole bunch of videos related to it now. Oh, that's it. Um, okay. Classes and lessons. Yeah. So, uh, I'm also setting up our word for this half of the catch-up is uh, stir fry.
1: Stir so fry. for those of you who don't <laughs>
0: want to listen to the, to the outro, um, there you go. Um, at least that's what I'm putting down now because I don't have a spreadsheet of words in front of me. So we'll Correct. see if it changes between now and when I give the word away. Um, so I think we've hit a good, a good break point. Good break point, yes. For, for one and two. Also, I have two breakfast burritos sitting here that I need to devour. Yes, devout. go eat. So we'll, so
2: we'll take 10 and then come back?
0: We'll take uh, 10 and we will come back. And then we will talk about in the new year, or right now for us, but in the new year for everybody listening, we'll talk about cleaning up after all the other mess, which yes. is not just about holidays, but any event. Any event, um, any major
2: upheaval in your house, like somebody moves in, someone moves out, we need to attack these things.
0: Yep. And so for the people at home, I'll be right back after this. We'll be right back in about a week. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. We are back. I love talking to Dino. I love sharing these talks with you, uh, and even breaking them up into uh, into two or three episodes when I am not under time crunch and feeling lazy. Yes. So, And I'm not under time crunch, and I'm not feeling lazy, so we're going to do it in at least two parts. Woo. Yay! So I have a word.
1: Words are good. We actually
0: have a word. Yes, yes. And uh, Dino suggested this one. The word is stir fry.
1: Stir fry is also good. Stir fry
0: is also good. Yeah, because we were talking about the How to Cook and Eat in Chinese book from 1945, uh, a cookbook which has entered into my collection. Uh, It is fantastic, as Dino said. Um, And next week there will be all kinds of... Like, there were a whole bunch of other cookbooks that I basically ended up ordering uh, after talking to Dino on <laughs> the... But yeah, we we had some... Uh, uh, I'm looking forward to making things with these cookbooks when we get... You know, when I get through MAGFest, which is my next big thing. Um, so yeah, stir-fry. You go to productivityalchemy.com. You look for the activity code, and in the activity code box, you type the word stir-fry. All one word, no spaces. And you get a badge, an Yay. open badge. And you can find out more about what open badges are and um, how to get other badges and I guess what you can do with them other than collect them and hoard them like the collector that you are.
1: Or maybe.
0: Maybe not. Um, yeah, uh and it's all there on productivityalchemy.com. There will also be links to things from the conversation, like How to Cook and Eat in Chinese, which is really hard to find. Oh my God, that book is so hard to find. Um, but uh, there will also, uh, you know, uh, a couple of prior interviews that were referenced and. Um, show notes. In show general, notes. You can wander
1: yeah. around. You can find out more about us if you want to know more about us. Uh, Yes. You can, you can
0: uh, listen to past episodes. Too, yeah. You can look at all the other badges. Uh, you can look at all the old show notes. Uh, there is one thing you should not do
1: click not this button.
0: Click not this button. Uh, when you click the, the about or the contact and the about, wherever that is, um, there is something there that says support. Do not click that. Nope. We don't need it. We're good. We're, we're doing just fine. net right hound. And uh, the people who Dino recommended oh, hi, uh, the absolutely. money go to instead of us, since we don't need it and other people need it way more than we do, is the Philadelphia AIDS Thrift Shop. Um, oh, that's a good one. That, it is a good one. They have managed to give um, a total of over $3 million, um, or they've had uh, over $3 million in donations to date. These all go to um, uh, the AIDS Fund um which distributes money to 21 aids agencies in five count in the five county philadelphia region um the money basically goes straight from the thrift shaft straight to the aids fund um with no administration costs no other, you know, no middlemen, nothing like that. Um, this is also the, this also helps fund the, uh, and organize the Philadelphia AIDS walks every October and the monthly gay bingo fundraiser that they have, that they have in Philadelphia throughout the year. Um, they also do rounds of specialty grants. And so, uh, they gave out, uh, specialty grants to 23 Philadelphia area HIV service organizations, totaling $246,000.
1: That's fantastic.
0: That's amazing, right? Um, Please help them out. And, uh, you know, buy stuff. Donate stuff. Do, you know, help them out. Um, And I will have a link to the Philly AIDS Thrift Shop uh, in the show notes as our charity spotlight. And that's it for this week. Um, Over the next couple days, the year will end. Uh, We will celebrate by what? We're watching probably a horror movie and then uh, Dolly Parton and Miley Cyrus do the countdown. Yes. Because I will watch Dolly Parton and Miley Cyrus do anything together.
1: Honestly, I the only person I would like in more is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark with Dolly Parton. Uh,
0: at which point, I might explode. Exactly. My My head would just poof. Yeah. But that's it for this week, and I hope everyone out there has who's celebrating has a uh, good and safe New Year, and we will talk to you in January. And while you're at it, you know, uh, do your best to... Um, Stay productive, even uh,
1: if that just involves laying around while your neurotransmitters sort themselves out.
0: Or I was going to say, uh, watching a bad horror movie and then a cheesy countdown in Times Square, New York.
1: Yes, uh, high. Hi, or yeah, hi, you know, Hound the the always productive
0: cheesy countdown in your locality because they are everywhere now.
1: Yeah. Yes, you're very productive, Hound.
0: For some value of productive.
3: Indeed.